السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله قال رب رشح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقتة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم زدنا علما All praise and thanks is due to Allah Azzawajal Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayh Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends And upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of times My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam We'll be continuing with our fiqh of Ramadan And Inshallah tonight we'll be looking at the days with which it is prohibited to fast. And the first hadith reads as follows. An Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam naha an siyami yawmain, yawm al-fitri wa yawm al-nahr, muttafakun alayhi. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu, he narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, or that the Messenger of Allah, has prohibited fasting on two days, the day of Fitr, meaning the day of Eid al-Fitr, and the day of Eid al-Adha. And this hadith is muttafaqun alayhi, it is agreed upon. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this hadith proves that it is haram to fast on the two Eids, Eid al-Fitr, and this is the Eid that will come or it shows us the end of the month of Ramadan and Eid al-Adha which is after the day of Arafah and like we mentioned this hadith says that it is haram to fast on the two days of Eid there is ijma' there is consensus amongst the ulama there is consensus Amongst the scholars That it is haram to fast on these two days Even if someone Were to make another He was to make an oath He was to say that I am going to fast On the day of Eid al-Fitr So he says if I pass my exam I am going to fast on the day of Eid al-Fitr The ulama says that Even if he makes another if he makes an oath to fast on the day of Eid, it is still haram for him to fast on the day of Eid. And Aisha radiyallahu anha, and Aisha radiyallahu anha, she narrates that the Prophet peace be upon him, he said, وَمَن نَذَرَ أَن يَعْصِيَ اللَّهَ فَلَا يَعْصِيهِ That whomsoever, or if anyone, were to vow to disobey Allah, then he must not disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to fast on the day of Eid is not permissible, it is haram. So even if you made a vow to do it, then you are not supposed to or you are not allowed to do this. And this hadith that I narrated of Aisha radiallahu anha, this is found in Bukhari. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, you might be wondering, what is the wisdom behind this? Why does the Sharia, why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why does He 
say that it is not permissible to fast on the day of Eid al-Fitr or on the day of Eid al-Adha. As for Eid al-Fitr, this is to distinguish the end of Ramadan and the new month. So Ramadan ends and we find that it is the month of Shawwal. So the first of Shawwal is the day of Eid. And then after the day of Eid, if you want to fast again for the six days of Shawwal, then you can do this. So it is to show and to distinguish to us that Ramadan has ended and we have started the new month. As for Eid al-Adha, this is the day in which people, they slaughter and they indulge in festivities. Eid al-Adha, this is the day that we slaughter. So we say we make qurbani, we are making a sacrifice, we slaughter our sheep, slaughter a camel, slaughter a bull or a cow. And Abu Ubaid, the freed slave of Ibn Azhar, he reported that I observed Eid. I celebrated Eid along with Umar ibn Khattab. May Allah be pleased with him. And he came out in an open space and he prayed and after completing it, he addressed the people and he said, So from this hadith, so far we learn that Umar ibn Khattab, he would come out on the day of Eid and he would perform the Eid prayers in an open space. So he'd go to a field, go to an open space outside the city and they would perform Eid Salah there. This is the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Obviously if weather does not permit us and it's for example, Eid al-Fitr will fall in winter, in the heart of winter, and it's storming outside, then you're allowed to go into the masajid. And he addressed the people and he said to them, the messenger of Allah, the Prophet peace be upon him, has forbidden the observing of fast on these two days. One is the day of Fitr, meaning at the day of which the end of Ramadan has reached us. And the second one is the day when you eat your meat of your sacrifices, meaning Eid al-Adha. And this hadith is muttafaqun alayh as well. It is agreed upon. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us reach the day of Eid and let it be a day of celebration, a day that we are allowed to spend with our families because of our current situation. We do not know what our day of Eid will actually look at this, like this year. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make abundance istighfar so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can lift this calamity that we are facing. The next hadith, the next hadith deals with fasting on the days of At-Tashriq. Fasting on the days of Tashriq. And this hadith reads as follows. وَعَنُّ بَيْشَ الْهُذَلِي رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْ قَالَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَيَّامُ التَّشْرِيقُ أَيَّامُ أَكْلٍ وَشُرْبٍ وَذِكْرِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ 
رواه مسلم وعن عائشة رضي الله عنها وابن عمر رضي الله عنهم قال لم يرخص في أيام التشريق أي أي صمنة إلا لمن لج إلا لمن لم يجد الهدية رواه البخاري The first hadith narrated by Nubaysha al-Hudali, may Allah be pleased, said that the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the days of tashriq, the three days following Eid al-Adha, are the days of eating, the days of drinking, and the days of remembering Allah azza wa jal, the most great and glorious. This hadith is narrated and it is found in the Sahih of Imam Muslim. The next hadith that I read, narrated by Aisha and Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with both of them. They said that nobody is or nobody was allowed to fast on the days of Tashriq except for those who could not afford their hadi, meaning they sacrifice for Hajj, and we will discuss this in a while. So this hadith, it proves to us, the hadith of Nubaysha, it proves to us that the days of Tashriq are days of eating, they are days of drinking, and they are days of joy and happiness. These are the days of Tashriq. And the days of Tashriq, they are the 11th, the 12th and the 13th of the Hijjah. So we are not allowed to fast on these days. The hadith also mentions that this is the days of remembering Allah. Ayyamu dhikrillah. These are the days that one remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the ways of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is established in the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when we reach Eid al-Adha, and the days that follows that, the three days of tashriq, then we make the takbir. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallahu, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. And we make this after our five daily salawat as well. We make it when we are walking in the marketplaces, wherever we are. This is part of remembering Allah Azza wa Jal. This hadith also proves, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, that these days are days of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we need to spend these days in the obedience of Allah Azza wa Jal. Spend your time in worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is extremely important, especially on the days of Eid. Because on the days of Eid we find that many people, whether they have just fasted the whole month of Ramadan and it is Eid al-Fitr, or whether the first eight days of the Hijjah have passed, which are, which are the best days of the year, 
which you are supposed to worship Allah Azza wa Jal completely and exert ourselves in ibadah, come the day of Eid or come ayyamu tashriq and we forget the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaking hands with the opposite sex, which are not our mahar. Our women folk wearing clothes, revealing their aura. And this, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, it is in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And many of the ulama, they've explained that on great days that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made great, to involve in sin, it is extremely bad. Sin on itself obviously is bad. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the place great, or He has made the day great, then to commit sin and to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far more worse. And Allah knows best. The second hadith, the hadith of Aisha and the hadith of Ibn Umar. This hadith hadith mentions that no one is to fast on the days of tashriq except that there is a concession, there is a rukhsa for the person that has performed the tamattu hajj and he does not have his sacrifice, he does not have his hadith. So with regards to this person, he is allowed to fast he can start fasting on the days of Tashriq, on the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th. Imam An-Nawawi, rahimallahu ta'ala, in his famous book, Al-Majmu', he mentioned that it should be noted that the more correct view according to our companions is the latter view that it is not valid to fast on these days at all, either for the pilgrim doing tamattu' or for anyone else. So the latter Shafi'i scholars, they held the view that even if you're a pilgrim and you did tamattu', you cannot find your hadith, you cannot find a sacrificial animal, you can only start fasting when? On the 14th of the Hijjah. Then the Imam, he says, that the most correct view based on the evidence is that it is valid for the pilgrim to, that is doing tamattu' that he is allowed to fast on the days of tashriq and it is permissible for him because the hadith which grants this concession is sahih. And then he carries on and he says, and we have explained, and it is clear, or it clearly states, that so it cannot be ignored. Here, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, it is an extremely important point. And this was the way, this was the methodology of the ulama of the past. That were they to find a hadith that was authentic, and it went against the teachings of the madhab, then they would have adopted this hadith. And here we can see clearly that Imam al-Nawawi was a Shafi'i scholar. But he says that the view for him is that the hadith is sahih, the hadith is more correct, that 
the pilgrim that is doing tamattu' he is allowed to fast on the 13th, the 14th and the 15th. The afwan, the 11th, the 12th and the 13th. I was speaking about ayyamubid, we're not speaking about that. But the 11th, the 12th and the 13th. So he is allowed to fast. And here we can see that the imam, he goes and he leaves his madhab for an authentic hadith. And this, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this was the way of the ulama. This was the way of the scholars. And this should be our way as well of students of knowledge, of du'at. That if there is proof that goes against something that we have been following our whole life, and the proof that we have come across is much stronger, and it makes more sense, and it is an authentic hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, then we need to adopt this. And we shouldn't feel that some people might tell you, you know, so you think you know better than Imam Ash-Shafi'i. You think you know better than Imam Abu Hanifa. No one is saying that we know better than them. We can't come to the dust of their footsteps. They were ulama. We are merely students of knowledge. But there were other ulama that explained. They made the things clear. And this is why we've adopted what we adopted. And Allah knows best. The next hadith, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, it deals with fasting on the day of Jum'ah. Fasting on a Friday. <coughs> وعن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال The Prophet peace be upon him said لا تختصوا ليلة الجمعة بقيام من بين الليالي ولا تختصوا يوم الجمعة بصيام من بين الأيام إلا أن يكون في صوم يصومه أحدكم رواه مسلم وعن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يصومن أحدكم يوم الجمعة إلا أن يصوم يوما قبله أو يوما بعده متفق عليه Two ahadith, both narrated by Abu Huraira radiallahu The first hadith, he says that the messenger of Allah azza wa jal said, Do not single out a Friday night, meaning the night that is preceding Friday, which is Thursday night after Maghrib, among all the other nights for performing the night prayer. Also, do not single out Friday amongst other days, which is Yom Jum'ah, Friday, for fasting, unless it coincides with the days that one regularly fasts. This hadith is narrated by Imam Muslim. The next hadith, narrated by Abu Huraira as well, narrated that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, None of you should fast on a Friday unless he fasts together with the day before 
or the day after, agreed upon, muttafaqun alayh. This hadith proves that one must not single out a Thursday night to pray. Again, let me repeat this. The hadith proves that one must not single out a Thursday night to pray salah specifically. And the reason why someone would single out the Thursday night, because this is Yawmul Jum'ah. So he believes that it is a Thursday night, this is Yawmul Jum'ah, so I'm going to make four rakaat of salah. Here the Prophet, peace be upon him, is warning us. Here the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is explaining, he's teaching us that do not single out a Thursday night specifically. So Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, you do not make ibadah besides your, your salatul fard and your sunan salah. But come Thursday night, so now I want to make extra salahs. So he's saying, do not do this. So if it is your normal routine, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, if it is your normal routine that you make tahajjud every night, then fine, make on a Thursday night, no one is stopping you. Because this is your adah. This is your norm that you are doing every single night. But to specify a Thursday night, and this is a problem. The next important point, that a Thursday night, this is, had there been any night that you could have made extra salah and specify the salah, it would have been on a Thursday. Because this is the eve of Jumu'ah. And if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is stopping us from making a special salah on this night, which is the night of the great day to follow, which is Jumu'ah, then what about still taking other nights of the year and making it special? Taking a certain night and now we're going to uphold this night tonight. We're going to make it a special night. This is a problem. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ, he warned us against innovating in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which we will maybe touch on a bit later bi idhnillahi ta'ala. This hadith, the second point also, proves that singling out a Friday to fast is not permissible. So the hadith says that it is not permissible to single out a Friday to fast. Majority of the ulama, majority of the ulama, they have said that this is makruh and not haram. It is undesirable. It is not light. It is frowned upon. But it is not haram. Imam al-Nawawi, rahimallahu ta'ala, he mentions and he says, our companions and when the imam speaks about or when he says our companions he is referring to the imma of the to the imams of the shafi'i madhab so he said it is makru it is frowned upon to single out the day of friday for fasting but if one joins it with the day before or the day after or it coincides with a day 
which he habitually fasts, or he vowed to fast the day that his sick loved one was cured. So he gives an example why one would make a vow. Or the day so and so returns, maybe someone was missing and they returned, and that day happens to be on a Friday, then it is not makru. And this is found in the Imam's book, Al-Majmu. So the Imam is explaining that it is makru to fast, to single out the Friday for fasting. But if we join it with a day before, meaning a Thursday, or we join it with a day after, meaning a Saturday, as the second hadith explained. Or it is a day in which he habitually fasts. Or he had a vow, he took a qasam. He said, if I pass my exam, I'm going to fast tomorrow. And when he got his results, it was on a Thursday. So tomorrow's Friday, so he needs to fast. Then it is not makru. Or his loved one was ill. His mom had an operation. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cured her. And it was on a Thursday. So he said, I'm going to fast tomorrow. So now he took a vow. And it happens to be on a Friday, then it is not makru and he will have to fast. Shaykh Ibn Uthaymin rahimallahu ta'ala says, As for Friday, it is not sunnah to fast on this day. And it is makru to single it out for fasting. This is found, or we will find this in the Sheikh's book, Asharhun Mumti. A question that comes up quite regularly, can I fast my qada? Can I repay my fast that I miss or Ramadan? I, may be, I was sick, I traveled, I have three days to pay it in. Can I fast this on a Jum'ah? The same applies, the answer is, the same applies to one who fasts to make up from Ramadan. It is permissible for a Muslim to fast on a Friday to make up a day from Ramadan, even if he fasts on a Friday alone. And this is the fatwa of Al-Lajna Al-Daimah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower his blessings on the ulama of this ummah. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the next hadith is a hadith that has to do with the month of Sha'ban. وعن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا انتصف شعبان فلا تصوموا رواه الخمسة واستنكره إمام أحمد أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه he narrated that Muhammad peace be upon him said when it is the middle of Sha'ban, which is tomorrow, tomorrow is the 15th of Sha'ban. When it is the middle of Sha'ban, do not fast until Ramadan. This hadith is related to us by the five Imams, but Imam Ahmad, he declared this narration to be weak. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the first point that I would like to highlight 
under this hadith that there is a difference of opinion amongst the ulama qadiman wa haditha past and present regarding the authenticity of this hadith the ulama they have gone two ways one way certain group they say this hadith is authentic it is sahih it is hasan the other group of ulama they say that this hadith is da'if it is weak like the likes of imam ahmad and others Sheikh bin Baz rahimallahu ta'ala he was asked about the hadith which says that fasting after halfway through Sha'ban is not allowed. The Shaykh he replied and he said, This is a Sahih hadith as Shaykh Nasir, Nasiruddin al-Albani said. So again, Shaykh Albani, he was of the opinion that this hadith is Sahih, it is authentic. The Sheikh then mentions, Sheikh bin Baz rahimallahu ta'ala, he says, what is meant is that it is not allowed to start fasting after halfway through the month. But if a person fasts most or all of the month, then he is following the sunnah. And this is found in the Majmu Fatawa of Sheikh bin Baz rahimallahu ta'ala. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, let us look again at what the Sheikh says. The Sheikh says that if, or first of all he says that what is meant by this hadith, that one is not allowed to start fasting after the halfway mark. So on the 16th day, right? and why am I saying the 16th day? Because people might have been fasting ayyamul bid. The 13th, the 14th, the 15th. And they are not fasting on the 15th to signify Nisf Sha'ban. They are not fasting on the 15th because it is a great day to fast. It is the 15th of Sha'ban. No. But they are fasting because 13th, 14th and 15th. It's the first point. The second point. So come the 16th of the month of Sha'ban. Now he says, you know, I want to start preparing myself for Ramadan. Those ulama that regards this hadith as authentic, they say, no, you are not allowed to do this. You cannot fast, start fasting from the 16th of the month. The third point. But if a person is used to fasting, so he fasts every Monday and Thursday, or he fasts like the Psalm of Nabi Dawood fasts a day, skip a day and it comes to the 16th, then he is allowed to fast and this obviously takes us back to the hadith where the Prophet peace be upon him where he said that do not fast two or three days do not fast two or three days before Ramadan this is not permissible so when it comes to around the 25th, the 26th of Sha'ban, then stop fasting. Another mas'ala that always comes up. So fine, we understand this hadith, but I have qada fasts. And it is the 16th of Sha'ban, it is the 20th of Sha'ban, then you allow to 
fast your qada fast because this you need to do and one of the reasons why the ulama why they said that the prophet peace be upon him said do not fast after the 15th of sha'ban to keep one's energy to keep one's energy to become strong so that we can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala azza wa jal properly during the month of Ramadan and have our full strength to stand the nights in Qiyamul Layl and to fast like how Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fasted how his companions fasted how the Salafu Salih the pious predecessors of the Ummah how they fasted Shaykh Ibn Uthaymin rahimallahu ta'ala in his commentary on Riyadh al-Salihin under this chapter heading of this hadith the Shaykh says even if the hadith is sahih then prohibition in it does not mean that this is haram. Rather it is simply makru. So the sheikh is of the opinion that it is makru. Some of the ulama, they said it is haram. And some of the ulama, they say it is makru to fast after the 15th of Sha'ban. As some of the scholars have understood it to me. But whoever has the habit of fasting regularly, should fast even if it is after the 15th of Sha'ban. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this hadith has also brought us and to the point of, and it mentions the 15th of Sha'ban. And this coincides with our class tonight, teaching about Ramadan and this hadith came out. And tonight is the 15th of Sha'ban as well, it started after Maghrib and tomorrow is the 15th of Sha'ban, the day. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this is a matter where the ulama of this ummah, they have written extensively. And some of the ulama, they have put virtue to the night, some of the ulama have not put virtue to the night. And there is a hadith of the Prophet, peace be upon him. If it is sahih, then we attribute it to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And again, with this hadith, the ulama, qadiman wa haditha, the ulama of the past and the present, they have differed on the authenticity of the hadith. The hadith reads as follows that Allah azza wa jal, he forgives everyone on the 15th of Sha'ban except the Mushrik and except the Mushahi. And many of the ulama, they explain that the Mushahin is somebody that he might have been upset, he cut family ties with someone and after three days he has not mended. He is, and he's still upset, 10 years, 20 years. Some of the other ulama, of the Salaf as well. They've explained that the Mushahin is a person that innovates in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A Mubtadir. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, if one goes the route of that this hadith is sahih, or it is authentic, like Allama Shaykh Albani rahimallahu ta'ala, he was of those ulama that deemed this hadith to be hasan. And 
in one of his other books he deemed it to be sahih. However, there is no specific ibadah for this night. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he did not go to the maqbara. He did not make 20, 30, 100 raka'at. He did not increase in adhkar. He did not recite Surah Yasin three times. No. All that the hadith is saying, if you believe the hadith to be authentic, or you follow this ulama, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he forgives everyone on this night, except the mushrik and the mushahid. But the Prophet, peace be upon him, did not say recite three times Surah Yasin, or make a specific dua, or go to the maqbara and dress in white, or give out sadaqah on this particular night for your father or your mother have passed away, or cook a special meat. This is all and this all falls under bid'ah, innovations, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. The next hadith reads as follows, the ruling on fasting on a Saturday. وَعَنْ صَمَّاءِ بِنْتِ بُسْرٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالْ لَا تَصُومُوا يَوْمَ السَّبْتِ إِلَّا فِيمَا إِفْطُرِضَ عَلَيْكُمْ فَإِنْ لَمْ تَجِدْ أَحَدُكُمْ إِلَّا لِحَاءَ عِنَبٍ أو عود شجرة فليمضها رواه خمسة ورجاله ثقات إلا أنه مضطرب وقد أنكره مالك وقال أبو داود هو منسوخ الصمعاء بن بسر narrated that the messenger of Allah peace be upon him said do not fast on Saturday, unless it is a wajib fast, it is an obligatory fast. Do not fast even if you do not find anything to eat except for some grape peelings or the branch of a tree. In that case, you should chew on it. Related by the five Imams and its narrations are reliable. Imam Malik, rahimahullahu ta'ala, he disproved this narration. And Abu Dawood, he said that this narration is abrogated. Again, my beloved brothers and sisters, this is one of those ahadith that the scholars of the past and the present, they have a difference of opinion amongst themselves with regards to the authenticity of this hadith. It's the first point. The second point that it is makruh, it is frowned upon, it is disliked, to single out Saturdays for fasting, because of the hadith that the author brought under this chapter heading, right, the hadith that I just read. This hadith is classed sahih by Sheikh Albani, rahimallahu ta'ala, and Imam Abu Isa, At-Tirmidhi, he said that this hadith is a hasan hadith. What is makruh in this case is for a man to single out Saturday for fasting. And what is the reason for this? 
Why do you think the Prophet, peace be upon him, would have told his companions that about this day? Why would he have told them this? And many of the ulama, they say, because the Jews, they venerate a Saturday. Even Qudama rahimallahu ta'ala in his book Al-Mughni, he mentions that our companions said, and when he mentions his companions, he is referring to the ulama of the Hanbali Madhab, that it is makruh to single out a Saturday for fasting. He says that what is makruh is singling out that day specifically. If he fasts another day along with it, a Friday and a Saturday, a Saturday and a Sunday, then it is not makruh because of the hadith of Abu Huraira, which we discussed earlier, and of Juwayriya. If it coincides with a day that a person regularly fasts, then it is not makruh. The hadith of Juwayriya is narrated by Imam al-Bukhari. And Juwayriya, may Allah be pleased with her, she said, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, entered upon her on Yawmul Jumu'ah, on a Friday, and she was fasting. He said, did you fast yesterday? She said, no. He said, do you intend to fast tomorrow? She said, no. He then said to her, break your fast. So had she had the intention, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, had she had the intention to fast, on Saturday, or had she fast on Thursday, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam would have not ordered her to break a fast. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this hadith and the one before it, meaning this hadith of Juwayriya and the hadith that I quoted of Abu Huraira, it clearly indicates that it is permissible to fast on a Saturday at times other than Ramadan. Meaning in Ramadan, we have to fast on a Saturday, we have to fast on a Sunday, we have to fast on a Friday. For the one who fasts a Friday before. It is also proven in the Sahihain that Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, the most beloved of fasting to Allah is the fast of Dawood. And we discussed this before. And the fast of Dawood is that he would fast one day and he would not fast the next. So he fasts on a Monday, then he won't fast on a Tuesday, and he will fast on a Wednesday. And then he won't fast on a Thursday, and he will fast when? He will fast on a Friday. And then the next fast will be on a Sunday. So in this case, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, it is bound to happen that he will sometimes fast on a Saturday on its own. So it may be understood why Friday. So it may be understood that it, from this that if a Saturday coincides with a day that he habitually fasts, such as a day of Arafah as well, or Ashura, then there is nothing wrong with fasting on that day, even if it is on its own, and Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. Shaykh Uthaymeen rahimallahu ta'ala, he mentions, that there are a few different scenarios that may be applied with regards to fasting on a Saturday. 
Number one, that it may be wajib. It may be obligatory such as observing a Ramadan fast during Ramadan or making it up later on or observing a fast such as an expiation, a kafara or instead of offering a sacrifice when performing hajj at-tamattu and so on. There is nothing wrong with that so long as he is as does not a single single it out deliberately thinking that there is more virtue in that. Number two, if he fasts on a Friday on the Friday before, there is nothing wrong with it. Because the Prophet وسلم, he mentioned the hadith of Juwayriya and in the Shaykh he narrates his hadith again and we discussed the hadith of Juwayriya before. Number three, if it happens to be one of the days when it is prescribed to fast, for example, Ayyam Ubid, the 13th, the 14th and the 15th of the Hijri month, or Arafah, or the days, or Ashura, or the days of the six days of Shawwal, for one who has fasted Ramadan and the ninth of the Hijjah, then there is nothing wrong with that because he is not fasting, because it is a Saturday. But rather he is fasting because there is another reason that has made him fast. Number four, when it happens to be a day when he habitually fasts, and we discussed this already, then he, it is fine to fast on the Saturday. And number five, if he singles it out to observe a voluntary fast for one day only, then this is what is forbidden and this is what is spoken about if providing the hadith is proven to be sahih. And this is the end of the sheikh's words. The next hadith is with regards to fasting on a Sunday. وَعَنْ أُمِّ سَلَمَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ كَانَ أَكْثَرَ مَا يَصُومُ مِنَ الْأَيَّامِ يَوْمُ السَّبْتِ وَيَوْمُ الْأَحَدِ وَكَانَ يَقُولُ إِنَّهُمَا يَوْمًا عِيدٍ لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ وَأَنَا أُرِيدُ أَنْ أُخَالِفَ أُخَالِفَهُمْ أَخْرَجَهُ النَّسَائِ وَصَحَّهُ إِبْنُ خُزَيْمَ وَهَذَا اللَّفْظِ the Prophet, peace be upon him, narrated this hadith to us. On the authority of Umm Salama, she mentioned that Muhammad, peace be upon him, often fasted on a Saturday and Sunday. He fasted more on a Saturday and Sunday than on other days. He would say that they are the Eids of the polytheists. They are the Eids of the Mushrikun, of the polytheists, of the people of the book. And I love to act contrary to what they do. This hadith is narrated by An-Nasai and was rendered authentic by Ibn Khuzayma. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this hadith proves that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that he fasted on a Saturday and he fasted on a Sunday as well. For those again who accept these two hadith as authentic. What is apparent is that it is mustahab to fast on these two days as well. Because the Prophet, peace be upon him, fasted on these two days to be different to to be different to the Jews and to be different to the Christians. And Saturday is an Eid for the Jews and Sunday is an Eid for the Christians. And also this hadith of Umm Salama 
it seems to be more apparent than the previous hadith that we mentioned where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said one must should not fast on a Saturday. And the reason the ulama say this, they say that Umm Salama knew the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She spent more time with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam than the previous narrator. And Allah knows best. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he also teaches us an important principle. And this principle is to be different from the Jews and the Christians. Be different from the people of the book. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, on many occasions in his life, he would always tell his companions that I'm doing this to be different from them. I'm doing that to be different from them. And in our times today, we find that instead of us being different to the people of the book, we try to be like them and to beat them in their own game. وَنَعُوذُ billah. And remember, the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, مَنْ فَهُوَ That whomsoever imitates a people is of them. Now obviously, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, there are certain qawaid, there are certain rules with regards to this. For example, I wear a t-shirt and I wear a pants. So now someone comes to me, ah, you're imitating the kuffar, you cannot do that. That is not imitating the kuffar, because this is not specific to them. But something which is specific to the kuffar, for example, at the time of Easter, having Easter eggs, going on Easter hunts, this is specific to them. This is not for a Muslim to follow, etc., etc. At the time of Christmas, giving gifts on the day of Christmas, this was their action. So it's not our action. So again, man min. That that whomsoever imitates a people, he is part of it. The next hadith, the ruling regarding the Hajj. Someone which is on Hajj and he is on Arafah at the start. Meaning can he fast or can he fast? Anabi Urayrata radiallahu anhu anna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam naha an sawmi yawmin arafa bi arafa. The Prophet peace be upon him, he mentioned and he said that, or Abu Huraira says that the Prophet peace be upon him, naha, that he forbade fasting on the day of arafa for the one who is actually on arafa. So someone is on Arafah and he's performing Hajj, the Prophet ﷺ did not allow him to fast. It says in Al-Mawsuwa Al-Fiqhiyah, the Fuqaha, they are unanimously agreed that it is mustahab to fast during the first eight days of Dhul-Hijjah before the day of Arafah. The Malikis and the Shafi'iyah have stated that it is sunnah to fast on these days for the pilgrim to and this is the end of the quote from the book. In Nihayatul Muhtaj, it says that it is sunnah to fast the eight days before the day of Arafah, as is stated in Rawda. And that applies equally to the pilgrims and others, but it is not sunnah for the pilgrim to fast on the day of Arafah. Rather, it is mustahab for him not to fast then. So it is sunnah, it is mustahab for him not to fast on the day of Arafah. The reason for this is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants the hajj, he wants the person on Arafah to be 
in a form of dhikr and a form of dua all the time on Arafah. At the time of wukuf, you need to be strong. You need to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Cry your heart out. Because this is the day, the day of Arafah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he boasts to his malaika, that my slaves are here. Their hair is disheveled. Their clothing is dirty. But all they want is the forgiveness from me. And forgive them, he says to the malaika. The last hadith for the night deals with the ruling on fasting for a number of days. Yani ad-dahr. An Abdullah ibn Amr radiyallahu anhuma qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la sama man sama al-abad. Wali muslim la sama wala aftar. Abdullah ibn Umar, he mentioned that Muhammad peace be upon him said May he who perpetually fasts without a break never fast. May he who perpetually fasts. So he fasts for three, four weeks without skipping a day. May he never fast. Muslim narrates, may he fast, may he not fast or break his fast. This hadith, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, is referring to a person that fasts for a long period of time. For example, 10 days, 15 days, 5 days, 6 days, etc. The scholars differed on the meaning of this hadith. Some of the scholars, they say that it is a dua and it is a negative dua. Almost like a dua of punishment for you. Some of the other ulama, they say no, that this is a statement meaning that this person that fasts for 10, for 12, 15 days in a row, and obviously my beloved brothers and sisters, we are not speaking about the month of Ramadan. This is completely separate to the month of Ramadan. Then they say that he will not be rewarded. The rajih view, uqawlu rajih, that this is the view that it is makru, it is disliked, it is frowned upon. As for the six days of Shawwal, right? So maybe someone will come to me now and they will say, okay, so that means I don't need to fast the six days of Shawwal because this is Ayyamuddahar. Then know, my beloved brothers and sisters, that the six days of Shawwal does not fall under this topic. And this, alhamdulillah, brings us to the end of tonight's lesson. And bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, next week, we will be starting with a chapter and we will be looking at the chapter which deals with the chapter of I'tikaf and the chapter of making Salatul Taraweeh, Qiyamul Layl, etc. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashadu wa la ilaha illa astawfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.